Welcome to the HU Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's year three of the podcast and this episode was recorded on September 6th. I'm your host Big Rick along with Hampton Knight from the HU Pirate Ship. What's going on Hampton Knight? Oh man, another year, another uh, season for Hampton University, you know, the Pirates. Um, I'm definitely excited, but I mean, I would say my excitement has been definitely tempered after we took a, a body back game against Ohio, So, but I'm still excited. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Long season ago, all the goals for the team is still ahead of them, so yeah, but that was definitely a, a bummer, man. Um, so of course, you know this. This uh, we'll we'll go through the good and bad of this game. Talk about uh, some of the other MIAC uh, results. Uh, go over the other MIAC football teams and see how they're looking so far. Um, just talk about HBCU football in general, and then we'll break down the next game uh, the Pirates have this Friday with Delaware State. So one quick question, Hampton, I'll ask you. So we haven't spent much time at all, at least on a podcast, talking about. Um, this year's expectations so i just want to get an idea of what you expect from the football team this year and what will be considered a good season well i'll just say this i mean i think last year um and i always say this for the past i would say four to five seasons and even before mayner's tenure we've always had one side of the team or one side of the uh the the program you know that would perform exceptionally well and then we will have another side of the uh, program either the offense or the defense that will perform poorly and i think last year we had um of course torn mixon tj mixon rashawn proctor yaki and we had a i would say it, it felt like the offense was pretty i would say potent but our quarterback situation last year even though we had a uh a, a, I would say a super senior quarterback in J.J. Williamson, you know, he basically, I would say, did not have the arm talent to get us there. And he, I mean, we lost a lot of games, you know, due to that, uh, his inability. And so uh, this year, it seems that we have, I would say, a very stout defense. You know, we got Brendan Cole, we got Stephen Smith coming back. And we have Justin Williams, and I would say I think this guy, Robert Scott, uh, Tank Scott, is that what he calls himself? Mm -hmm. Um, I think he has um, some serious pro potential, and I really am uh, excited about seeing them play. And along with the offensive line with Owen Obasui, Shaka Dirasuba, and um, we have some good players there. And I do think that we're going to have to definitely rely on the defense a lot this year. Then on the other side of the ball, you know, the offense, you know, you lost TJ Mixon. You lost mm. Ray Sean Brock. <laughs> you lost Jack Willenbrock, oh. you know, tight ends. You know how we always uh, always talk about tight ends. We lost, we lost him and Kentrell um, Richards. You know, these are two, I'll say, tight ends that we actually need. And... Um, you know, they were very important pieces to the line. And then you notice uh, Bailey Herring did not return, yep. you know, at center. So, you know, I actually liked him as a freshman. Um, I don't know why he didn't return, but, you know, I can assume, you know, him being a little Florida boy, you know, he's a little too far from home. But um, I will also say this, too. Um, you would think that we would have no problems at quarterback with uh, Brandon Cox. But unfortunately, he... Uh, you can't make the club in the tub, and he's been <laughs> he's been very, I would say, injured uh, for the past, I would say, what, couple of months, and uh, actually for the past year, I think he just came off surgery. So, which leaves us with two, I would say, green quarterbacks, um, Delman Williams and Brendan Green, and and judging from how they played against Ohio. You know, I think we're going to have to rely on other players with Yaki Johnson and I would say the new Virginia Tech transfer in Shai McKenzie. And um, just by watching those quarterbacks, you know, I think Mayer is going to have a lot of work cut out for him. You know, it seems that uh, Brendan Green's arm isn't adequate enough and Delman Williams didn't seem comfortable or confident when he threw the ball. So we're just going to have to see how that ends up. 
And of course, we got Wesley Wolf back, but you know, I don't think he caught less than twenty balls last year. So, so we got a lot of work on the offense. But um, fortunately, uh, I think Maynard will pay a lot of attention to that side of the ball, and I do think that we will probably, you know, see some improvement probably after the Monmouth game. Yes, that is true. I mean, hopefully. The defense can keep it together until the offense comes around because probably that's when the defense might start to, to break a little bit with injuries and, and what have you. Um, so, yeah, the team, I agree with you wholeheartedly, team is going to have to rely on the defense this year. That's where the bulk of the talent is and the experience. Um, my concern, though, is what I saw from the Ohio game. Man, the punt game was terrible. I don't know if it was the weather or whatever, but it, you got to play situational football with a good defense and if you can't set the defense up so they either you know so they have to force teams to drive long fields and it's going to be for not so hopefully that special teams is turns into an advantage and uh can put the defense in good positions um like my expectations for this year i just hope the team competes for the miac title i think there's some offense too many offensive question marks like quarterback um, that have to be answered um, for them to automatically be considered a shoe win, but I'm hopefully hoping those things round out in enough time, and the defense can keep us in it so we can be competitive uh, by the end of the year, and hopefully be in a running for the title. So that is my hope for this year. It's possible <laughs> with the defense <laughs> that we have. It's it's very possible, and I forgot to bring up just like what you said the. Special team. Yeesh, oh. man. God, dog. I mean, okay, hold on, hold on. When has Adam Brown ever showed his ability to punt? I mean, I hate to call a person out, but he, I mean, I'm sorry. We go from Christian Faber, Faber Kenny, and then now we have Adam Brown. He's been on the roster for a while, but I've never seen him kick. So I do think that. Uh, I, but I did think I did think that we actually did probably try and um and re, uh, recruit some punters, but you know they're just not on the roster. So no, no, we, we didn't get them, or they're not ready yet. <laughs> One of the two, but he got. I, I there is no way, no way that he can punt that poorly in practice. Yeah, so absolutely. hopefully it was just a bad game, and, and the weather and the snapper and all things weren't together, and that can get corrected this year, this week. But if they yeah. do that, then that, that'll help. That'll help big time. Yeah. So we shall see. That's cool, man. We're, yeah. we're still there. We're still in it. <laughs> Season eight. Yeah. So, hey, let's move on to this Ohio debacle. We won't spend too much time there. Like, normally on these body bag games or these money games, you know, you don't always expect to win, but you do hope to see some things that you do well and can use that to, to build on. But, man, from this Ohio game, I ain't really see much. So, you know, we'll talk about the good, the bad, and ugly, and anything else in between uh, for this game. So, the good, um, I think the defense looks ready. Now, it was 59 nothing, so that doesn't look good on paper. They gave up 400-some yards, but they were just in a bad position. But if you look early in that game, um, where the game was still up in the air, the defense played very well. Um, they looked stout. They looked good at the point of attack. Um, the coverages look well. So they look um, like they were ready to play, and I think they can do well in the MEAC. Uh, other good point, um, the team looked bigger this year and stronger. So, I mean, the receivers are, you know, some of those guys are small, but Wolfick has some size. I think they got some other guys who have size. But from just watching on the film, they did not look uh, demonstrably smaller than Ohio. So that, that bodes well. The strength and conditioning program is working Um and then the other good find, we were a little bit concerned about um, uh, the defensive line, just some of the depth, um, but they got a transfer, a couple transfers, one key transfer, Kamari uh, Alcorn from Chowan. They were, he was in uh, Division Two last year, but he was stout in this game. He made some plays, and uh, he was pretty active in the middle, so I think that's going to help. He could be a nice find for the Pirates uh, going forward. So, And I don't think we had any major injuries. So I think that's a good thing, too. You know, they don't always report on those things at this level. So I think they came out pretty much unscathed. So that's all I have good 
to report from this game, man. Any thoughts? Anything I missed <laughs> from this game? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I do think that the um, defense played very well the very first quarter, and I do think the fact that our special teams kept, well, I would say the punting game, kept putting them in the positions where they had to, to defend, I would say, a very small amount of field. So I think we punted like at one point on a 10 or 7-yard line, and it went only 20 yards. Yep. And so the defense, you know, already had their back against the walls. And so, you know, they the special teams did not help the actual defense and definitely the offense. So, yeah. Yep. 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 Got some work to do there. Uh, the bad special teams, I, I don't really know what else to say. Just any way you can imagine. I don't think they had a return on us, but just the kicking aspect was pretty poor. So special teams were bad. Offense was particularly bad. Uh, I don't really know what they were trying to do from a passing standpoint. A lot of it looked like a lot of deep dropbacks. I don't know the game plan, but from just what I seen, there wasn't a lot of like, "Hey, get rid of the ball." A lot of holding on to the ball about the quarterbacks. Things either reads weren't were being missed or just wasn't getting rid of the ball. But just the whole passing game just seemed pretty bad and uh, discombobulated. Um, so the offense is bad, especially the pass offense and the run uh, offense. They didn't have much room to to maneuver with the run game. Ohio's defense is pretty good, but still, there was nothing there on offense that I can particularly remember. Um, yeah, so special teams and offense are pretty bad, man. Anything else? <laughs> um, I would just say this, too. I, I did feel that some of the receivers were running too long routes, you know? I saw like a lot of 10 step routes, 15 steps, you know. Um, I saw a couple of fly routes uh, with Alden Knight, and um, I think he ran a, a flag route. And He's supposed he to be act- fast, right? He's supposed to be like 4 yeah. 2 oh, yeah. fast you know or something, right? Yeah, he burnt. He actually beat the corner on a, I think, a fly route, and um, uh, whoever the quarterback was, I think, just made a, t- a horrible throw. And then I think uh, there was another a route where um, Alden Knight ran a post route, and he actually got behind the corner, and the safety was inside, uh, played, stayed inside. And if, I think now, and that, this was Brandon Green, if you would have threw that ball further, then it would have been probably, you know, that could have been a, a touchdown play. But I just do think that... Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that the passing game was off. I just felt that there were certain routes that uh, should have been shortened. And then when they did run those little bubble screens, um, the receivers dropped the ball. So, you know, a lot of things you can't just put on the quarterbacks. But uh, special teams, of course, was terrible. And I just think that uh, – uh, well, I will say this too. Do we have a long snapper? You know, who is a long snapper? Yeah. And, and then, you know, the punting situation um, scares me. And the fa- Oh, no, no. The long snapper is Anthony Prevost, the kicker. You know, so, you know, I, I, I don't get that, you know, because he can get injured, and then now we have to rely back on Adam Brown. So, I don't know. Just a lot of question marks right now. And just going into the season, you know, going into the MEAC, uh, you know, I just hopefully they will get cleared up soon. Question. So, you know, we don't know anything about the game plan. We don't know what Ohio is doing from a schematic standpoint to make Hampton move out of certain things. But, you know, in, in the preseason, Maynard was talking about complimentary football and um, trying to set up the defense. What, I, I did not see much of that from the offense or the special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they were just trying out some things with the quarterback because this game is pretty much a throwaway game trying to see what they could do but was there I didn't I was just thinking back I didn't see any aspects of compliment like hey we're going to set our defense up we're going to set a tone we're going to be physical we're going to you know play keep away we're going to do something to protect the defense which is the strength of the the season is there anything do you think this game contributed to that or is this like what we're going to see where they just going to be like playing football and not trying to compliment the strength of the team or is it just just a complete throwaway game 
I think this was, was a throwaway game, and I do say this, I will say this, when we probably scheduled this game, we probably had an eye that we would be extremely competitive because even though this is for a Frank Solich's coach team, you know, Hampton has always had a strong football team. And I think that when we um, probably when we sk- when we booked this game uh, back um, way down the line, that we were thinking that oh you know it could probably be like a 34-24 type of game you know or a 34-31 you know something close. But um, my takeaway I would say that um, that initially we we stuck with them, and then I think had the special teams been I would say effective then we probably would have held them closer, held, held them a little bit longer in the second quarters. You know, they probably wouldn't have went on that 20-yard, that 13-point that run in the second quarter. And I do think that, you know, the balls didn't bounce our way. So, you know, it, it just it, – it was – the defense could not hold uh, – could not have carried that team the whole game, especially not with Ohio – and that running back for Ohio, I mean, that kid looked like he was, what, 6'2", 240. You yeah, know? man, that's a big boy. <laughs> big boy. Big boy. Big man. guy. And so, no, 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 he was a battering ram. And so when you have players like that, then you're going to definitely tie, tire down the defense. So, you know, I just do think that uh, this was – this game was competitive on paper, but then it just turned into something, something else, <laughs> something that we're not uh, accustomed to. Agree, agree. All right, this this game will be a footnote and shall never be talked about again. <laughs> Move forward. I think I think that's the approach the team is taking. Hopefully this week, moving forward. So uh, let's get into the Miac scoreboard, man. So a lot of interesting games this week. Some historic uh, games uh, for the Miac this week. We'll definitely get into um, uh, the first game of the year was Florida A and M. They beat Texas Southern twenty nine to seven. Um, but that was uh, on August 26th, so it was about two weeks ago. Uh, last week's games, however, was kicked off uh, on Thursday with Delaware State against Delaware. Uh, they lost that game. Delaware State lost that game 22-3. Uh, to 3. Um, That game was more competitive than what they normally are against Delaware. I'm not sure if Delaware is on the way up, on the way down, or Delaware State is on the way up, but that game is not usually that competitive and Delaware state was in it until their offense was just, the offense was just useless. Uh, so that really caught up to them. Um, but they were competitive, which is probably not a good sign for us, but, uh, Delaware state played pretty strong in that game. Terrible sign for us. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible, right? That game is yeah. normally like 45, nothing or something. So yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So good for them. Uh, Florida and they got blown out by, uh, Arkansas 49-7. Uh, most interesting thing about that game was the debate over whether or not FAMU should be taking a bus all the way to Arkansas. Um, but that's a whole a whole other discussion. That game wasn't close. Um, but then Cookman lost to Miami 41-13. to Now, although the score was ugly, um, I watched a little bit of this game and read some of the, uh, after, the commentary afterwards and but Don Cookman acquitted themselves pretty well in this game. Actually, it was 3-3 at the end of the first quarter, and then things kind of fell apart. But, you know, they look stout, um, and they have their normal team that's pretty physical. So, um, although they lost that game, they do have some positives to take away from that game, especially in their lines. Uh, they could certainly be competitive there. Um, let's see. North Carolina Central, they lost to Duke 60-7. to uh, I live in the Bull City. Uh, I think I think this is called the Bull City Classic, and I think it's time to retire this game, man. I think a couple years ago, <laughs> this game used to be competitive before Duke uh, really became uh, ACC yeah, powerhouse. I mean, they're competitive in ACC, but Duke discovered that there's gold in them our football hills, and they decided to pump a whole lot of money into their football program. So at the point now, they're like a semi-pro team. So I don't think there's anything to be gained by North Carolina Central by playing this game unless you just want to go sit in the Duke Stadium and, and, and take in the, the scenes because it is put some nice work in there. But I think it's time to retire this classic. It's no longer competitive at all. Um, Morgan State, they played Towson close, 10 to nothing. 
Uh, shutout, that's never good, but that game was close as well. I mean, they had an opportunity there to win that game. Um, they dominated, well, dominated. I mean, they were the top performers on offense, so I'm not sure what happened, but that's a good look for Morgan State to be better if they won the game. Um, my second shot, the second most shocking game of the week, I don't know, the three shots. This shockers. was not shocking. This was not shocking, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Virginia State beat Norfolk State. <laughs> <laughs> 14 to 10 little state beats big state i'll let you take give me some thoughts on this one after night well i'm just gonna say this um first of all it was a rain soap game and um you i will say this too virginia state's program is actually pretty good in the ciaa Very and north and norfolk state you know all this i would say chatter about um, our dear alum, Latrell Scott, you know, who uh, we actually were uh, students or classmates with. Um, and I really, you know, I mean, I'm proud of Latrell, but at the same time, um, Latrell, well, I'm not going to call uh, Latrell Scott has not, I would say, shown that he could be an effective head coach as of yet. And he has, I would say, recruited some really talented players, but he has not put um, the effort has not been shown on the field. And I think at the Virginia State game, you could tell that the players were, I would say, ill prepared and they just did not seem that they did not know what their assignments were. And that is pretty shocking for Latrell Scott and his program. And I will say this, too. I have noticed that he has had a lot of turnover in his coaching staff. So um, that, I think, is a sign of worry or concern if I was a, I, if I was a Norfolk State uh, alum. And I do think that they are going to be in for a long season, you know, because you just do not lose a Virginia State or Division II school. All right. Yeah, agree, agree. <laughs> Broke it down. Uh, sad days, or at least sad start to the season for Norfolk State and Coach Scott. Uh, next, now this game was pretty, uh, uh, the, the, the score was pretty shocking too. North Carolina Central opened up a can, whoop ass on Gardner Webb 45 to 3. Now, I've been uh, somewhat uh, hesitant to crown A&T. Uh, preseason champions uh, because they lost the once-in-a-lifetime player, Tariq Cohen. So I've been a little worried about Raynard and his his capabilities at quarterback. But, man, I mean, he was 19 for 22, uh, 321 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, damn, if he's going to do that, then then they're going to run away with the title uh, for the MEAC uh, this year. Um, they just keep rolling, man. I mean, they, they lost a lot of talent last year, but, I mean, uh, to whoop uh, Gardner-Webb, a good Gardner-Webb team, on the road like that is pretty impressive. So um, props to uh, North Carolina A&T. Can't give them too many props because their fans are starting to become insufferable. But but nice win by the Aggies, man. Any thoughts on that game? Oh, my God. We're in trouble. And, I, I mean, Rod Broadway, I think, is almost like the, he's starting to become – I would say the Nick Saban of the MEAC. And <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, I mean, his teams are physical. You know, they beat you down. And the fact of the matter that he went over to a crosstown, uh, I wouldn't, they're not rivals, but a crosstown school, and they beat them down. No, they went in their home and they ate their food yep. and then trashed their place, then left. You know, that's exactly what Rod Broadway does. And and I hope we do not have – we're not playing them this year. Nah, right? we're not playing them this year. Woo! Nope. Woo! I mean, what, <laughs> yo, whatever God you pray to, whether it's Jesus, Allah, or whatever, thank you. And, <laughs> and I'm just saying this. Uh, that was a statement game. And they went out in the MEAC immediately and just said, okay, we're going to win it this year. You know, the, the championship goes through uh, Greensboro. I know uh, I know Central had it last year, but we're telling you right now, we got this. Yeah, man, that game was 45 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Woo! Man, man, that's amazing. So props to a and I'm, I'm, That's nice, man. 
So the next stunner, man, Howard beat UNLV. I was watching this game. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, first of all, props to Howard. You know, I mean, like I, I always believe that the MIAC needs strong Howard Bison program. Not one that can beat us, but one that is competitive and can do some things. Um, and it's just good for black folks in general, I think, to have a good Howard team. So props to them for beating UNLV. Um, let's see, Kalen Newton was a beast, man. They weren't ready for him or that attack at all. It was kind of like when I was a kid and I watched Buster Douglas knock out Tyson and uh, Tyson wasn't ready. And that, that's, that's what happened with UNLV. Um, they just weren't ready and they got punched in the mouth and it was over. By the time they woke up, they lost. So props to Howard, man, on the big win against UNLV. Um, they underestimated them. I don't think they had a UNLV had a player the caliber of Philly or Newton, and they just weren't ready, and they got run over. So props to Howard on maybe their biggest win ever, at least in my lifetime. So that's all I can say about Howard, man. I don't know how much this portends for the rest of the season because the, the team has a lot of flaws, but this shows a lot about where they're going and how good their coach is and, and getting them prepared. So that's all I got to say about the Bison, man. Any thoughts on Howard? Oh my God! Well, I get my hair cut there um, on on George Avenue, which at Joe's Barbershop, right across from Green Stadium. Yep, I know I Joe's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I um I regularly well I, I live there too. So, um, Green. I mean, I'm I literally I I run around that track um a lot of times, and Green Stadium and that whole area. I will just say this. I've seen somebody sell drugs over there. <laughs> students? No, not students. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I've seen somebody selling spider bags, and I don't know. I'm, I'm joking. But anyway, this is what I'm going to say with Howard. Um, I mean, wow. Hampton has not done that before. And I hope this is a message to the athletic director uh, and Dr. <laughs> William R. Harvey. You know, I mean, this is... This is how you build a program, you yep. know. And I have watched, um, I've sat on one of their practices and I watched them. And they are, in, I mean, it wasn't like a military drill, but you can tell um, uh, Mike London ran that practice like it was an NFL franchise, you know. He had stations, he had, you know, constant movement, and he was not, he just kind of hovered on a couple drills here and there. And then, you know, it felt very professional. And I do got I have to give Howard University props on, you know, on hiring such a great um a great recruiter. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. We'll see how it ends up within the next couple of uh, games or so, you know. But right now, so far so good. But um but I will say this, if they beat us that last game of the year, ooh. Yeah, hopefully that game is meaningful too, not just like the battle for the real HU, but hopefully that's a meaningful game and we can pull it out. But yeah, if they beat us, that, that ain't going to be a good look. You know, one thing I, I saw, so, you know, especially while it, the team is like okay or whatever, mm. you know, we ain't winning championships like we used to. Most people, yeah. the, the average Hampton fan is kind of like just paying attention somewhat. They know we got a football team. They know we're going to yeah. play. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, man, I, I see this all weekend on, on social media. Like, the Hampton fans are like, wait, we lost 59 nothing, But Howard won 43? Who's coaching? Yeah. What we do? I mean, yo, I, mean, yeah. I saw that all weekend. Yeah. How, how is Howard better? That's all they care about. So, man, I, I've, never see, I've never seen that before. But uh, it's been <laughs> how we lose and they win. I'm like. Absolutely. And you know what? And it's, but this is the type of thing about our home, our own alums and fans, you know, it's re very reactionary, you know, it's yeah. like they don't want to come out when we winning or no, they'll, they'll come out when they're winning. But you know, right now it's like when we need them the most, it's more like, ah, whatever. <laughs> right. you know? So, so I don't want to hear that mess from, you know, from, from these, uh, these, I would say reprobates, you know, just, <laughs> you know what, stay over there, stay over there, we don't need you, we good over here, Connell Main is going to actually make this thing work, so chill out. <laughs> right, <laughs> reprobates, <laughs> right over yeah. there. So, final score, man, 
Uh, South Carolina State lost to Southern. Uh, was that fourteen to eight? I mean, it really wasn't much to take away from that game. South Carolina State's defense is what they normally are. The offense is what they normally are, and that's terrible, which is just disappointing. I guess Pew, man, I, no matter who they put in there, they all, they're all they always the same offense. So uh, I, I just remember that story you told about Pew. <laughs> he calls him a big dummy, you know? Like, I just oh, see yeah. him screaming on the sideline, don't. Don't yeah. pass the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I'm sure the offensive coordinators want to open up the playbook. But, man, they just seem like they they cannot get their offense together no matter who they put out there. Yeah. And the only common denominator is Coach Pugh. So, that's a good job. <laughs> Him mic'd up. Literally. Run, run the ball, like... you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is that quintessential, like, photo photo or uh personification of black coach you know <laughs> got you know got a kind of got a like you know kind of dumpy got a beer gut and you know and i love buddy pew i love you know you, you know got that country ham ham sandwich eating you know <laughs> run the ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> You know, like when he he says like fourteen syllables in like one word, and you like you have to you have to really think about what he says. But yeah, <laughs> oh man, they, they, yeah, but they they nice on defense, but they're gonna be the same old trip over themselves offense, which is unfortunate. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, man, good first week of Miak football. Some interesting stuff. So hopefully it gets continues on this path. So uh, this week, man. Any any interesting games coming up uh, that we might want to talk about? Uh, William and Mary at Norfolk State. I'm going to try and go to that game. I don't know why, but since I'll be in town for the Hampton game against Delaware State, I will try and go. But the way Norfolk State played against Virginia State, I don't see this being worth the effort, but I might go over there, man. Do you see any other games worth talking about? It's just a bunch of weird matchups this week. Absolutely not. I mean, William and Mary and Norfolk State. I was just gonna say this. Um, even though William and Mary, I know they have a quarterback issue. I mean, they'll probably will play all five quarterbacks against Norfolk State. <laughs> and it won't be each close. play, yo. They be subbing the quarterbacks in and out each play. I mean, they're probably gonna be doing lob passes, and you know, just you know, Norfolk State. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why we book, keep continue to book women Mary because, you know, this is a definite beatdown for Norfolk State, and this is this is not even a money game for Norfolk State. This is a <laughs> they're coming to there, you know. So you know they're gonna take a beatdown first, then you know <laughs> in their own home, and then they're gonna get they're gonna feel like the jilted lover, you know. So no. And no, all of these games suck. So yeah, they all do, man. God, hold on, hold on. But Mars tell me this Hill, though. who's Mars well, Hill? I have no idea. And but tell me this though, Howard is playing two uh, FBS programs. They played UNLV last week and Kent State this week, so they need some money, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so okay. So yeah, I, I, I peeped at Howard. You know, I mean. You basically are the groupie of the MEAC right now. <laughs> Yo, and, and, you know, every now and then the groupie wins. So uh, the only the only thing about this Kent State game is that, well, first of all, well, A&T beat them last year. Oh, so. they sure did. Oh, yeah. well, well, Kent State stink anyway because I thought <laughs> their coach, I mean, their coach is just flat out terrible. I mean, I, I, I actually looked them up after the A&T game, and I was just like, how is this man an FBS coach? <laughs> So, no, I mean, Howard does have a legitimate shot after beating UNLV, but, I mean, it says a lot about their program when they're taking two, like, like, you know, beat-down sort of type games. But the only thing that that I would watch out for if I was Howard is that Kent State ain't looking to be embarrassed, like, again this year or the way UNLV was uh, last week, so... Yeah. Um, they're gonna be playing, preparing like this is a Super Bowl, yeah. man. They, yeah. <laughs> so Howard, hopefully they all healthy and focused yeah. and can hey get another win. But I, it, yeah. it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna yeah. Be tough. 
They don't want to get beat by a black school. No, no. <laughs> hey, did you see, man? UNLV, like this week, man, they ain't want to put up any post-game notes. The conference they play in, they were acting like this game never happened, man. They... You know what? I wouldn't either. After looking at where Howard plays football, I would say we got beat by a team where, you know, they probably selling drugs in that state. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's all bad, man. It's all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think the show's over after that one, man. <laughs> no, nah, man. Well, at least we don't get too many Howard uh, listeners, so I think we're okay. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Let's move on to other HBCU football news. So, I, the, the most interesting thing that I, I've seen so far was um, Tennessee State um, beating Georgia State. And not the fact that they beat Georgia State, but have you watched Tennessee State? Have you watched their football team? I mean, yeah, those my, boys um, are big. Yeah. I mean, God, dog. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean yeah. they are big, fast, yeah. mean. Yeah. I mean, they're like the old teams we used to have. You know, like yeah. where we have Barker Dixon, Langford, all them boys who are like looking like pros. That's how Tennessee State looks. I mean, they are on fire, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see and look forward to see what they're gonna do this year, man. Absolutely. My actually, my my mother, father, and my younger brother were at that game against Georgia State, Ooh. and they said, and they said literally that game should have been thirty four to ten, you know, and it was because the quarterback Trayon Harris, you know, has difficulty throwing the ball, you know, he's an excellent runner, but he said he said that offensive line was just massive. And he said that they weren't just like you know gut hanging fat boys either, you know, they mm-hmm. were. You know they were they were moving. So Tennessee State, I think, has a legitimate shot to win the Ohio Valley, and I would definitely put them atop uh, Jeff Sagarin's uh, HBCU ratings. Yep, yep, You're right on. They're number one. Just go through those rankings really quickly. Tennessee State, and I think this is a computer ranking too, right? So it's not like uh, uh, arbitrary. It's uh, based on some 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 critical factors, but. We got Tennessee State at number one, and uh, North Carolina A&T at number two, Grambling at number three, Southern at four, Central at five, Bethune-Cookman at six, South Carolina State at seven, Alcorn State at eight, Hampton at nine, and Florida A&M at ten. Uh, the only beef I have with this whole thing is, honestly, the fact that we're in it and Howard is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it seems pretty straightforward to me. I would say it's straightforward, but I mean, I mean, we lost badly, yeah. you know, and I would be very reluctant to put ourselves in a top 10 ranking after that loss. Now, had we played, I would say Delaware State first, you know, and we, you know, we did what we did in that game or whatever, then yeah, but. I mean, I would right now put Tuskegee over Hampton right now because sure. they beat yeah. they beat they just beat Alabama State at home. And speaking of Alabama State, man, oh god, isn't that a, that is a very sad program as of right now? You know, they have the best facilities in all of HBCUs, and they cannot win anything. And they so, have and they got Brian Jenkins, right, the former Bethune Cookman yeah. coach out there. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember speaking with a, a BCU alum, and I was like, why is he not winning there? And they said that he spoke with um, he spoke with the, the person that I was speaking to, and he said flat out is that the kids don't want to go there. They like the they like the uniforms. No, no, they like the facilities, but they just don't feel that they don't feel anything from the program. So I think Alabama State just needs an infusion of something else, whatever it is, they need it. Well, let me ask you a question. Would you want to go to Alabama State? You know what? I actually, oh, God, I'll tell you this, though. And this is crazy. <laughs> All right. My younger brother plays played foot, college football. And when he was being recruited, see, uh, <laughs> he was being recruited. Of course, all the SWAC schools were coming after him. And a, a lot of um, Big South schools and a couple of um, – um, I would say CAA schools. They were just on the lower tiers. You know, they were looking for them. So we actually went on a trip to, we were going to go head up Alabama State and Alabama A&M 
And that was the only two schools in the SWAC that were recruiting him. And when we went to Alabama State, uh, we had to stop at a, a tire shop because my, uh, my dad's car, his tire actually uh, blew out. And so we had to get a replacement tire. So as we are at the tire shop getting a replacement tire, guy comes out, you know, he's you know talking to my dad about a tire. And this was years ago. I don't know if it's like this now. And he looks over at my brother and was like, I know you. I'm about to see you in about an hour. And so my brother was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I'm a, uh, I'm the assistant coach uh, for the offensive line at Alabama State. Mm-hmm. And we were just kind of like, oh, cool. Oh, okay, yeah. But, you know, in our mind, you know, when we got back in that car to go to school, we were like, this dude had like a, you know, like when you go to an auto repair shop and you see, you know, the, the workers, you know, they had like the dirty hands and, you know, mm-hmm. you know the, all the black stuff that's on their shirt. We were just like, oh. And so, but he cleaned up well, and you know, we got the Alabama State. He showed us around. You know, he was he was one of the assistant coaches, and I'm just like, how in the world do you have an assistant coach working at a tire shop? Yeah, but, times are rough, man. <laughs> but this, all right, but I I will say this: this was all, almost ten years ago. No, this is over ten years ago, and um, so, but this is what this is my thought about Alabama State, though. Crazy, man. So I mean, I guess I mean you got to make that ride. You know, I'm trying to look at the map and see. You know, as you drive into the middle of the nowhere to get there, you know, you, you got to sell something. You know, if you're a good recruit, you know, as you driving through the middle of the nowhere to get there, you know, it's it's a tough sell, man. So you know, if Prairie View could be competitive. If all corn state could be competitive, then there's yeah. no, there's no reason why um, Alabama State can be. But I also think when I saw the game against Tuskegee, I was looking at how disgusting their uniforms look, and I mean, oh, they look terrible. You know, I mean, they might, if they built that really nice monstrosity of a stadium, they cannot get. I mean, you mean to tell me you can't get Nike to sponsor the Munis or? Under Armour to sponsor those unis or Adidas, get out of here with that, you know. And this is the whole thing. Even though I know it's just a minor thing, but kids notice that stuff. Oh, no doubt, man. No doubt, fashion is <laughs> everything, man. Everything. So interesting, man. So let's see. Uh, so up next, we got Hampton at Delaware State, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's Friday. It's a whiteout night. College night, uh, Friday night game. It's pretty cool. Um, Pirates to watch for. <clears throat> I'm looking at y- Yaki Johnson and Shy McKenzie. Um, if they're doing things right, I mean, both these guys can literally get, uh, you know, at least 75 yards apiece. If they do that, we win the game. Run the ball. Play complimentary football. I mean, do we need five-step drops? You know, just just, just run the ball, keep the defense fresh, make Delaware State run, drive the long field because their offense is bad. They have one running back who's pretty good, Mike Waters. They also have a good wide receiver, but their quarterback play is bad. So all they can do, they have one running back who's pretty good. Um, so put the, put it on him. Keep the defense fresh, and we win that game. I don't think there needs to be anything else there, man. I mean, I got us winning this game twenty to seven. Any any thoughts on this game here tonight? Um, well, I would just say this too. I, after reading the Daily Press article, but um, on the game, Kyle Maynard said that Delaware State is going to actually probably put eight or nine in that box. So, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really tough running that ball, you know, initially. So we're going to have to rely on that passing game. And unfortunately, what we saw. Yeah, but you saw the same uh, passing game I saw. (laughs) Yeah, what we saw from Delman Williams and Brendan Green, you know, at least much to be desired. You know, I do know that we did go against Ohio and, you know, they're a bigger program. But um, we're going to have to make some key pa- um, key plays during that game, you know, especially passing the ball, you know, to kind of make those safeties uh, move back a little bit. So I do think that, you know, if we can open up some lanes early, you know, with both Johnson and McKenzie, I think we, we should 
be able to uh, be, I would say, pretty successful. But unfortunately, we're going to have to throw the ball. And I do think, oh, and I'm going to say this too. And I forgot how we always always talk about this, but we did not say this to me. How come Hampton does not have a tight end again? Oh, um, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I will say this, that um, they did recruit a tight end, um, Jared Powell, um, number 87, and I think he's, like, he's injured at the moment. But the next tight end they have on the uh, on uh, listed is, I think, number 88, and I think that's what, Tylon Patterson, mm-hmm. I think. But he's like 200 pounds. He's, I mean, that's not really a tight end. I mean, if that. So, I mean, if you're going to stack that box and you can't, you you don't have Kentrell Richards in there blocking or you didn't have uh, Jack Willenbrock in there blocking, you know, we're going to have some initial problems initially. Or, hell, I'll put another offensive lineman over there. Make him a blocking tight end. This is block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So initially, I do think that, you know, we're going to have to rely on the arms of Williams and Green, and hopefully they will be enough, you know, to get us there. But I do think that, you know, we struggle in this game. I think that we pull off a close one, 13-10 or 13-12. You know, they'll probably get a safety here and somewhere, or they'll just kick off field goal. Now, see, 13-12, that's nice. The only reason why I I said 20, but I'm – trying to keep it a round score because I don't think we're going to be able to kick field goals or anything. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, yo, we get 20 because like we miss an extra point or something, man. <laughs> I am totally, I am totally uh, just nervous about that. You know? yep. <laughs> yes. We, wait, we got Prevost, right? I mean, he was good last year, wasn't he? But we don't have a, who's the snapper? Exactly. Who's the snapper on the? We do not know. I know he's a snapper on um, on punts, but if you look on the roster, uh, I think that little Spencer guy we had, Spencer Wiegand, or I think he's been around the program for a couple of years. He's not there anymore. Um, you know, I think Dylan Kearns. You know, he graduated two or three years ago. So no, we do not have. I don't think we have a snapper for uh, field goals. I'm sure oh. they. I'm sure they do, but, you know, who knows? I mean, I just think that we didn't recruit that. Uh, I hope they, I, that would be negligence, like, <laughs> if we did not, hopefully. That's extreme negligence. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I, I can't, I, I, I can't buy that. I, I'm hoping that we just ain't get one. <laughs> I'm hoping. We, or he's just not listed on the roster. Yeah, he ain't qualified or something, you know. No. He, he we got have, kicked out in pre college or something. Yeah. We just we have it looks like we have too many Smurf receivers, you know. Oh. <laughs> Who can run four twos though? You know. Oh. But, oh man. Well Chase Powell's still there, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is third year, right? He's he been there for a minute. Is this you know year what? number three? This is year number three and he's a senior, yeah. And oh. you know, oh, you know, good luck to him, man. You know, uh Wesley Wolfolk, you know. Yeah, he's I mean, got I'll, potential, man. He he shows some things in that Ohio game. Yeah, he does. You know, I mean, I, I I am impressed with him. You know, he's our number one receiver, and I would like to see Alden Knight, you know, get open, you know, do some things. He looks like he can, could be a breakaway type of uh, guy. You know, a run-after-catch guy. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but the quarterback's got to get him the ball, you know. Yeah. I mean, And I will say this. I didn't think Delman Williams looked confident at all. So, no, not at you know, all. he has to do that. And that, I think, was contributing to Coach Manor's melancholy on the sideline. If you looked at him, he looked like somebody just, like, shot him. Oh, yeah, he looked like that was the last place he wanted to be, man. I mean, it, that that was one thing. I, you're, thanks for mentioning that. That was apparent. I mean, he just looked sour. I mean, a beatdown like that would do it, but, yeah, it, it was on another level. How, how I mean, sad he was looking. Man, and if Connell, Connell, if you were listening, listen, you got Delaware State Friday, and you got Livingstone coming up the week after. You better be salivating right now because you can put points on them boards. And then you got Monmouth coming up after that. So, yeah, it's going to so it's gonna get better. And we need you to be the leader and to, you know, we're definitely behind you. You know, we just need for you to, you know, stop being melancholy because, you yeah, know, 
I saw that on my big screen TV, and I was like, "Ooh, he yeah. just looks bad." And that little black coat. Why would you wear that black coat on TV? Yeah, man. We I'm saw sorry. The same I, thing, man. I was like, okay, that that was a tacky coat. But hey, but you funny. know, you know what though? I mean, everybody has a boss, right? So I would, uh, like, I would uh, like to think that our, our athletic director. During their weekly meeting, say, "Hey, buddy, you got to cheer up, man. That's not a good look for you, man. Like, <laughs> that's not that's not the look we try to have over there on the sideline, man. You gotta you gotta keep these kids engaged, man. You know, things trickle down from the top, you know, and 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 put a smile on something, man. At least keep man clapping, man. He looked like he's ready to go, man. <laughs> man, you Eugene, right now, think about getting money. So <laughs> think about spot sponsorship money. So he ain't think about that. Oh. Jeez. All right. Well, hopefully, yeah, we, we have heard that folks are <clears throat> aware of the show. So hopefully somebody listen, take that back. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh, man. Shoot. We can go on forever. But hey, man, it's a pretty cool first show. Uh, I suppose we'll be back next week if Irma don't come and sweep us yes. all away. And uh, oh, talk man. about the uh, Delaware State game. And uh, also, everybody keep your head up, man. I mean, you know, times are pretty rough right now for a lot of folks and politics yeah. and a lot of things are uh, making things quite difficult. So absolutely, keep your heads up and hopefully, you know, take some joy out of this show like we do. And go Pirates. Go Pirates.